Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2347. How large should a calorie surplus be for muscle gain? By Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik, reading you some of the most popular health and fitness blogs out there with permission from the website and with a bit of my commentary at the end. And we have a bunch of shows where we narrate articles for you. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this to find all of them. But for now, let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. How Large Should a Calorie Surplus Be for Muscle Gain? By Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. One of the biggest questions in the fitness space is how to gain muscle as quickly and efficiently as possible. A calorie surplus is not always necessary for gaining muscle. No matter how you look at it though, a calorie surplus is necessary for doing it in the most efficient way possible. If the goal were to just gain muscle as quickly as possible, it would make sense to utilize a large calorie surplus but this is where efficiency comes in. A large calorie surplus is likely going to lead to a lot more fat gain and an unfavorable ratio of fat to muscle gain. This can lead to more time being spent dropping body fat down the line, or it just decreases how long you can be in a calorie surplus before having to drop back to maintenance calories. Too large of a calorie surplus is inefficient since it typically slows down the longer-term process of getting to your ideal physique. The more pressing question is how large a calorie surplus should be to optimize muscle gain while keeping fat gain down at an acceptable level. Variables involved. The first thing I wanna point out is that there is not going to be a stock standard answer. I'm going to assume that everybody listening to this article is doing some form of resistance training. If the goal is muscle gain, then that is obviously going to be important. If you enter a calorie surplus without any training stimulus, you will still likely gain some muscle, but the ratio of fat to muscle is going to be terrible. Outside of that, it is important to think about your potential for muscle gain. The calorie surplus is going to determine how much weight you gain. Other variables are going to influence the ratio of muscle to fat. Looking at it from that perspective, it's important to consider how long you've been training, your age, your gender, how optimally your training is set up, the overall quality of your diet, particularly ensuring you're consuming sufficient protein, genetics, whether you are natural or enhanced, meaning performance-enhancing drug usage, sleep quality and sleep quantity, and stress levels. If you're a young male with minimal life stress who is new to training, on a good training program with a good diet, with good genetics for gaining muscle and also getting great sleep, 
then you probably should have a slightly larger calorie surplus. The further away you get from that description, the smaller the surplus should be. In particular, the closer you get to your potential best physique, the less potential for muscle gain you have left. If you were trying to push hard into a surplus at that stage, it would be ill-advised. Textbook recommendations and the issue with them. Personally, my first proper introduction to concepts related to calories and macros came from spending time on various exercise forums. In some of these forums, people would talk about how a 500-calorie surplus would result in roughly a half kilogram per week weight gain, and a 1,000-calorie-per-day surplus would double that at almost one kilogram per week. This is backed up by similar recommendations in nutrition textbooks that base it on the composition of muscle mass and how much energy is required to create that muscle mass. Muscle is roughly 75% water, 20% protein, 5% fat, along with some glycogen and other minerals and metabolites. So these calculations are often based on a combination of the calories required to build that amount of muscle using the number of calories required for the protein, fat, and glycogen. I like the simplicity of this idea, but unfortunately, it's more complex than this. It can be almost impossible to come up with a clean number. Here are some reasons why. One, as calorie intake increases, the number of calories burned through the thermic effect of food also increases. This thermic effect of food is typically 8 to 15% of total daily energy expenditure. Two, as calorie intake increases, Calories burned through non-exercise activity thermogenesis typically increases as well. This impact varies drastically in different individuals. Three, as calorie intake increases and energy availability improves, basal metabolic rate might increase slightly. This impact is more pronounced if coming from a low energy availability state. In that state, the body could have down-regulated some processes that burn calories. And four, When you're on a restricted calorie diet, the body can become slightly more efficient during exercise and burn slightly fewer calories. Obviously, in a surplus, energy expenditure can change related to that. There are a lot more factors, but this dramatically increases complexity. For example, if you give somebody a 500-calorie surplus, is it actually a 500-calorie surplus if their energy expenditure increases by 250 calories? Due to having more calories coming in, one person's expenditure might increase by a small amount, while another person might experience a larger increase. Although we have heaps of ways we can theoretically think about this, all that we really care about is what happens in practice. So we only really care about what ratio is muscle versus fat at different calorie surplus sizes. So what is the ideal size? Even though this is an area that a lot of people are curious about, there is a surprisingly small amount of research on the topic. For people who are new to training and have everything in their favor, one to two kilograms per month is probably going to be ideal. For those identified as female at birth, I would likely go at the more conservative end of that spectrum. As people progress, I would look at slowing it down towards that less than half a kilogram per month mark at the other end of the extreme. For those really close to their potential, muscle gain is a slow progression. Going higher than these rates is okay if you're willing to embrace some more fat gain. From an anecdotal perspective, it's interesting to note that a large percentage of people who have done a major transformation with their physique over the years have done something called 
a dreamer bulk at some stage earlier in their training career. A dreamer bulk is where you spend an extended period of time in a larger-than-ideal calorie surplus under the impression that a lot of what you're gaining is muscle. And then you end up disappointed that a large percentage was fat. Often for those identified as male at birth, this will involve a 15 to 20 kilogram total gain in body weight over this time frame as well. So it's interesting to note that a lot of people with great physiques have made this mistake, and most of them regret it, and now recommend smaller calorie surpluses. But it is something that a lot of them have in common. How to get started. The first step is trying to figure out your maintenance calories. To do this, you could use an online calorie calculator, which will give you a prediction for the number of calories required to maintain your weight. After this, if you want to be precise, you will need to eat roughly that amount of calories for a few weeks to see what happens. If your weight increases, it was a surplus. If it decreases, it was a deficit. If it's steady, then it was maintenance calories. Then you will need to adjust as necessary. From there, you should add the required number of calories for your goals, like adding 250 to 500 calories if everything is in your favor. But beyond just the number of calories, my preference is to aim for a change in weight based on a certain time frame. This accounts for the changes in energy expenditure related to increased calories. So if your goal is to gain one kilogram per month and you're gaining half a kilogram per month, it would make sense to increase calories. If you were gaining two to three kilograms per month, it would make sense to reduce calories. Summary. At the end of the day, it really depends on your situation and your goals. If you really care about staying lean while building muscle, it makes sense to go on the lower end of the spectrum. If you don't care about fat gain, it makes sense to go on the higher end of the spectrum. From my perspective, if your goal is to completely transform your physique, it makes sense to aim for that sweet spot in the middle where you are consistently gaining size without gaining more fat than necessary. You just listened to the post titled, How Large Should a Calorie Surplus Be for Muscle Gain? by Aiden Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. So you remember today's author, Aiden, describing the dreamer bulk? That's where we kind of overshoot our calorie surplus, thinking we need to fuel our bodies because all of the working out we've been doing. We do this for a while, thinking that as the number on the scale increases, much of that must be muscle, right? Well, sadly, many of us find that a large percentage of the weight we gained was fat. And that's exactly what I experienced. When I started getting a bit more serious about weight training, I kept reading about how important it was to basically keep eating to refuel your muscles. 
And I remember at one point, I ate an 1,100-calorie chicken bowl and two slices of pizza for dinner. Again, I was thinking that this was all going to my muscles. Dreamer bulk indeed. I ended up gaining mostly fat weight. My waist size went from 30 inches to 34 inches. My waist size going up by four inches was definitely one clear sign that I was not putting on muscle. And the sad part about it is, once fat cells have been created, we can never get rid of them. We can shrink them, but they never truly go away. So all of this to say that I agree with today's author, Aiden, let's not completely overshoot our daily calorie goals, even if we think we need them because we're working out. Instead, listen to your body and hunger and fullness cues. And if you find that you're gaining weight, but your waist is not getting larger, then you're probably on the right track. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for being here and I'll be back here tomorrow for our usual Friday Q&A. So stay tuned for that where your optimal life awaits.